Hello everyone, I'm back um, and I'm not even grumpy today so uh, I think we'll get back to some stories about uh, my time in the prison. Um, I realise I've been a bit uh, horrible lately and all I've done is rant and rave on the podcasts um, apart from when I was praising the bravery of my oh, ex-colleagues but not ex-friends. Uh, hopefully most of them are still my friends because I haven't actually slagged many people off uh, so yeah um, back to uh, oh by the way I've only gonna fucking lock myself out on my balcony again second time this week um, I suppose it's um, the old habit of a prison officer uh, always making sure the door's locked um, but these balconies I'm at now were actually lock from the outside um, so yeah I've locked myself out again but um, most people won't be surprised I'm such a dick <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah back to some actually good stories um, about some of the things we've had to, we have to do for prisoners and some of the mad things they ask us and um, want us to do for him. Um, now I remember this lad uh, on Mike Wing, uh, he was a, a black lad, proper nah, proper good lad, he was a bit of a, a dodgy geezer and, and I think and he, he liked his drugs and stuff but he was um, I suppose what you call a likeable rogue um, and I'm not being racist because when he told me his name I'm like cat, I was a bit shocked because he's a black guy. And he told me that everyone calls him Chalky. And I looked at him, he says, don't worry, Mark, I'm not offended. It's just everyone, I've always been called that. He weren't called white or anything, he just, they called him Chalky. Um, but he was a right, um, like I said, a, a bit of a lovable rogue. Um, I remember once I got a phone call from the, um, the, um, police officer, uh, you know, the ones that work in the prison, um, and she asked me if I'd come with her to um, tell him about an extra charge he was going to get. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> an extra charge. Sorry, that was just the maid let me in. Taste it. Wish I was a bit younger, she wouldn't have left. <laughs> um, so... It was a normal thing, it wasn't just like, oh God, Mark needs to come with me, it's just a normal thing to do. Um, so we went to his cell and I went in first and Charles was like, all right, Mark, what's up? Um, because he was always, he was always up to somewhere, even though, he's just like, yeah, Charles, I'm watching you when he used to laugh. Um, and then the police lady, uh, female police officer, <laughs> Um, come in with me and he's like oh Jesus what's up and she just informed him that he'd been like he's getting a charge for, he's robbed the post office in Wales and uh, I thought he's not going to kick he never kicks off he never and he just started laughing he said oh fucking hell I thought I'd got away with that because it was in Wales <laughs> so that's the kind of guy he was he got caught and like most proper I'd say proper criminal he, he just accepted it he got he'd done it he got caught he was already in jail anyway so and as i found out later uh, in my own 
when I was assaulted myself, I don't know if I mentioned it, but yeah, um, they get they don't get as big a sentence when they're in custody. I don't I don't get it, but anyway, um, and then it was another time when it was a Saturday morning, like Saturday morning, um, and in in them days on a Saturday morning it was the VPs visits in the morning, and then uh, normal location in the afternoon. So uh, he he's walking home and he, I could tell you you know you can tell someone's dead fucking worried, dead anxious. And I'm like, yeah, chalk it, because he weren't his normal self. He weren't laughing and joking and pissing about. So uh, I'm like, yeah, chalk it. What's up? He said, oh mate. He said, he goes, Mark, mate, Mark, Mark, you've got to help me. I said, fucking hell, what's up, mate? I thought someone had threatened him or something, but. Everyone liked him, so I didn't fucking think it was that. And he says, I've, I've fucked up, Mark. I, fu-. I said, why? What have you done, man? Fucking hell. He's always somewhat with, and I'm taking it dead serious, thinking he's like, pissed someone off, some of the big guys off and stuff. So I'm like, mate, we'll sort it out, what's up? He says, I fucking, I've invited my missus and my fucking girlfriend for a visit today at the same time. I said, what am I going to do? Fucking hell, if they meet each other, they're going to kill each other. I said, well, how will they know each other? He said, well, they just, they do, they know each other. But they don't know that I'm shagging her. Fucking hell, Charky. Now, Charky was, um, he weren't young. You know, he was getting on a bit, but he was still being the lovable rogue and he had two, maybe more women on go, I don't know. Um, and he said, he said, my missus is fucking mad, she'll kill her. She won't care she's at the prison, she'll just rip her head off. So I'm like, shit. So, of course it's serious <laughs> for him, but also the staff in the village, in the village bungalow, you know, they don't have to deal with two mad women fighting. And uh, believe me, I was, um, when I was in the army, I was uh, serving with the Royal Island Fusiliers, and two of them Scottish women started fighting in the supermarket. Fucking hell, I've never seen nothing like it. Crazy. Um, I don't have stopped. Normally, I try and stop shit like that. These two, no way, I'm stopping it. I'll let them get on with it. Anyway, um, I'm getting off peace again there, aren't I? So I'm like, fuck. So I rang visitors up and I said, listen, we've got a situation here. Uh, and I explained to him what it was. And bless him, the prison staff were like, okay. Um, they were going to say to one of them that Charky's not, he's been in trouble and he's not, he can't come to visit. I said, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I said, but what if fucking turn up at the same time? He's like, oh shit, yeah. So I went back to Charky. I said, listen, can't you fucking ring one of them up and tell them, like, your visits have been postponed. Um, so you can't have visits, and then one of them won't know. And he's saying, I've got no fucking credit. I've got no credit on my phone. I'm like, shit. So uh, I let him use the phone in the office. I'm like, mate, just fucking quit running here. Don't fucking say no. Ring one up quick and tell her. I said, don't be fucking ringing the other and tell her to bring your shit in. He said, I'll be listening. So <laughs> I let him have a quick phone call. I shouldn't have really, and uh, I can tell you that now, but uh, yeah, it started in the end, and he's like, for it, he's like, oh man, I'm so great, thank you. I said, fucking hell, mate, check your dates next time, Jesus. But it was dead funny, and it was like, he was proper panicking because he knew how bad his missus was, and then when I took him down to visit, I had a look, fucking hell, she would have been, I tell you. She had big, them big fuck off nails and all that. I'm glad, Jesus, wouldn't be. 
been a bit harder shielded than the taxi one, wasn't it? And I'm like, fucking old chalks. He was fucking mad. He came in a few times, but then uh, I stopped. He just all of a sudden stopped, so I don't know what happened. I doubt he's gone straight, because he was just one of them people who were all, just like proper at it. Uh, I suppose you'd call him a career criminal, but it, it wasn't like big time, it was just like stupid little things. Uh, but yeah, old Charky, uh, fucking brilliant, what a laugh he was. Um, but yeah, you, you just knew he was up to shit, but he, yeah, I wouldn't say we turned up like that, because obviously if I caught him bang at it, it'd be a different story, but you just knew, you know, it's just one of them, you knew he was, but he was such a, such a character. Uh, was a f- I met a few of them characters. You, I, I probably already mentioned the um, lad called Stephen Ball. He was fucking he used to rob houses, uh, make himself something to eat while he was there. That obviously if he'd be robbing houses where people weren't there. But then he'd, te- he'd fucking clean up, <laughs> fucking clean up, and uh, a lot of the time that's how he got caught because he'd washed up and left DNA everywhere, and he got him, but. He was continually in for a long time, and again another one I had I didn't see for ages then. But um, I don't know him. He'd come in a few times when I was uh, not in reception and not an outlet free. But uh, and I always say, hey, "Bartley, what are you in for now? Are you fucking bellend?" And uh, he'd just laugh and say, "Oh, the usual, man." Jesus Christ. Um, <coughs> so yeah, there was, was that one. Well, I'm not locked out now, by the way. Um, so it was, um, yeah, there was some, oh, proper, like, even, I told you about uh, the lad, who actually, unfortunately, he died, he took, but he, he was, Kev, he was another one, he, just in that, he just couldn't help liking him, even though he was fucking proper at it all the time and dodgy, but he just couldn't help, um, you couldn't help liking him, but his uh, friend, fucking hell, he was a fucking idiot. He was the main one with the drugs, and he, he'd, he'd always get Kev involved in it. Um, but we caught him one day and uh, dragged him down, sorry, walked him down to set, to reception for a search. And uh, we had him in, like he was, in them days, we had these like these little, um, like changing rooms in the shop with the curtain on, and we had him in there, and we was fucking like, um, because it, we, sometimes on the, on the, the detox room, we took it fucking personally, because these lads on there, that were actually trying to detox, um, but, I mean, I mentioned before about when that fucking idiot bought, um, oh God, what's it called, monkey dust on the wing, uh, fucked the old wing up, and a lot of lads who were like, um, Fucking hell, I'm getting shit with names. Um, the lad who I'd give a job to and he was getting fucking his head sorted out and he was, he was doing well because he was dead grateful. And he got this monkey dust, that was it, back to the fuck, and he's still on the shit now. Um, but yeah, we got him down to uh, reception and we searching him and we, obviously we found it because they had to squat in them days and uh, just fucking fell out. Um, and the manager that was with us, he just fucking open-handedly slapped him across the face. And it was that bad, the reception staff covered it because he had slapped. 
and uh, the old fucking tartan said it was me but it wasn't me it was obviously i didn't say who it was i'm not a grass but uh he said yeah and as he did he said oh fucking bring drugs on the detox wing because as i said earlier we got even though we didn't think it was right but we got uh, if you like praised for having no drugs on the wing which it's a prison mate it's not gonna happen but yeah there was uh all stuff like that going on on detox wing it was serious shit but we had a a few characters on there and uh, a little lad called um he's called stephen cunliffe connor we used to call him stephen cunliffe connor connor he was always fucking coming in and going out and but he was another one when he was on our wing uh on my wing he was he was just a fucking like he was all right he was a good lad and um he was the one where i, I don't know if i mentioned it before where i, I was doing my walk around the landing and uh, this lad sat there fucking smashed up, black eyed, had a right kicking. Um, and I says to him, what the fuck's happened to you? I knew they wouldn't tell me because they don't, but you never know, so you have to ask. And he's like, oh, I fell off the top bunk over and I looked behind him and said, mate, it's a single fucking bed in your fucking bunk. Why have you fell off the top bunk, you fucking idiot? And as I walked past, Connie sat there in his chair. I looked at Connie and he just smiled because you little fucker. Um, <coughs> he'd done him in for what reason i'll never know because i couldn't prove it was him even though i knew it was him i can't you can't nick someone if you can't prove it um but he was always coming in the jail connor and he was um it was always i used to say connie what the fuck now and this this bird he was with this sorry this uh girlfriend he had she was a right fucking piece she was always like bidding him off treating him like shit but he used to take it all serious so when he could he'd get into trouble because it was like harassing not harassing that's the wrong word but always trying to get back with her and, and he used to say connie just fucking get another girlfriend it's not worth it and uh he'd ring her up and next thing yourself he'd try to sell i said i'm like connie can just pack it and get another girlfriend and shit like that and this was going on for ages and he was in and out and when he went on the, I'm not saying we controlled him, but I think he enjoyed it on our wing. Uh, because we looked after him, you know what I mean? We always kept an eye on him. And uh, he was a pain in the arse on other wings, always fighting and shit. But uh, event, it's only a couple of years back, I heard he'd actually hung himself um, again over this fucking girl, man. Um, so I hope she's happy because he was a, a, a good little lad. But I was in trouble, but he was a good lad, he was alright, he weren't, um, I've met worse, obviously. So yeah, there's a little Connor, uh, there's a few of them died, who we used to work with now, uh, mostly this fucking monkey dust and mamba shit. Um, I don't know if I've told you the one that, um, he'd come from a good family actually, he'd, um, but someone had give him smack and he, start, he got addicted to it and he came in he, he got like two three years two years i think or something and uh, we actually he actually tried really hard to come off the drugs i mean we did help him but as mostly it's down to them if they want to give it up um but he had the injections in his stomach so if he did take them take any he'd be fucking like poorly um and he got out eventually and he was fucking cleared of it, he was clean. Um, 
I mean, we got we got him early because he'd already just started, so that was a good thing. Um, but then we heard he'd only been out a few months when he took some strong heroin and fucking killed him. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not just the shuffling people you see on the street at bagheads with no teeth and stuff like that. He was like, you wouldn't know him looking at him. But he's actually, his parents rang up. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is the only time in 12 years. His parents rang up and actually um, thanked us for helping him get off the drugs and, um, you know, they was dead grateful, but obviously once he got out it didn't work out. But, you know, it was really, we was all touched by that. It was quite, uh, the uh, ISMT nurse come and told us she'd rang, they'd rang her, obviously the cat in the wing, and told her and, and asked her to thank us for what we'd done. So, um, it was quite good really. It was. Uh, Saying that, that's the only one in, uh, in six years on that wing that we actually got thanked. Some of the prisoners thanked us, um, and some of them, they was out for years and they come back and they're like, some of them would say to us, like, oh, Mark, I took it on board what you told us, and, uh, I, you know, one of them, he got out, give the drugs apart again, we got out, he got his own business going, doing gardens and stuff, um, and uh, had a little, had a child, and uh, he came in. He, he just got pissed up one night, and they had him for breaking his license. So uh, he got brought back in. So it just shows me sometimes it, they bring him back in for that, and he's he not done any harm to anyone. He just got pissed, and he weren't allowed to, to somewhat on his license, or he was gobbing off or shouting or whatever. Um, why are they bringing him back? Because that. The lad was doing well. Um, hopefully he, he was all right. He didn't, he didn't. He didn't get long. He only got a couple of months or something. But hopefully it picked up because I've never seen him again. So, and he's, he's loads like that. Um, oh, what was I can't remember his name, so it's no good me guessing. Um, but yeah, these stories like that and and people getting recalled for nicking a ten-pound block of cheese, and he got recalled. Fuck's sake, how much is it going to cost him to keep him in prison for the rest of the sentence for a block of cheese? Fuck's sake, man. Common sense. It's no wonder prisons are overcrowded, isn't it? But yeah, they come. But sometimes they do it to come back, I don't know. Um, obviously, we had the time when people uh, got arrested and brought in, tried to smuggle drugs in. Uh, and some of them probably did because we didn't have all the equipment we have now then. It was just a little squat, and if they pushed it up far enough and held the sphincters, see, big words, I know these words, tight, uh, we're not going to find it. So uh, as time went on, we did start finding stuff, and uh, especially with this man coming in in paper. You can't keep that up your ass when you're squatting. Um, but yeah, and the plastic phones are coming in, so we couldn't get them on the boss. But now they've got, we've got like big, sorry, not we. <coughs> Excuse me again. We've got uh, the electric, the electric chair, fucking hell. We've got the uh, scanners now, what sees everything, mate. It's quite hard to um, get stuff in now through that, because it sees everything, drugs, plastic poles, fucking knife and fork, anything. Um, hey, you may laugh. Um, but yeah, it's uh, 
so as I spoke in my little rant the previous one um, they found another way the prisoners of getting the phone by getting the reception always to rub it out of the box so uh, that happened one of them uh, a scouse lad stole my got her shipped out and the other one's still there so we don't, I don't know the full story so I'm not going to comment oh um, on my little rant I ranted on about the uh, parlour I've been told by a very trusted good friend of mine that it is, was a load of bollocks so uh, a 15 20 minute rant I had about parlour was uh, a load of bollocks so uh, lesson learnt there that I will uh, check before I open my gob which I should have done for 12 years but uh, unfortunately a few times I fucking didn't so uh, hey oh. so yeah let's back to uh, we had um, oh god yeah twinner had a, a little a lad not a little a lad from Manchester uh, I can never remember his name we just used to call him twinner I'm assuming he had a twin um, and he come on he was a fucking handful he got shipped out from another jail because he was kicking off and all that shit so uh, we kind of knew what to expect so for the first few weeks he was a proper little fucking pain not little proper pain in the ass <coughs> but he um, he was on the side of the wing and I've told you before hardly he was on one side Joe's idea of course as usual um, but that was the only empty cell we had when he came in was that cell he had to be on his own because he was classed as a racist and he uh, beat his previous um, cellmate up so he, the only single cell we had was that one so we went in there um, oh fuck's sake we had a lad um, he had mental health issues he was next door um, Oh God, he used to smash fuck out of his head with tins of beans and shit. Uh, he was guilt over his offence. Um, I, I think it helped with him as well. His cousin, who was on his code, come on our wing as well. So he sort of looked after him and calmed him down for a bit. But what they did, they, they I latched on to Twinny. So Twinny calmed down a lot because these two were telling him, like, you know, this wing, you don't, they don't take any messing about, but if you're alright with them, they'll help you and stuff like that. Um, so he, he calmed down a bit, and, and me and him got on really well. Um, apart from him being a City fan, but, uh, you know, that was our little fucking, uh, our little banter shit. And he, so, and he used to go sitting there with him and have a fag, because we used to be able to take fags on them, but I didn't give him a fag. Honestly, honestly, I didn't. Joe, I didn't. He used to have his roll ups uh, and was sit and have a chat about home and about Manchester and so forth. That was a bit another thing about call it I used to call himself a scumbag and shit like that, but it was just banter, we didn't mean it. So yeah, me and Twinny got on really well and then uh, he's writing to this woman and <coughs> he used to show me pictures of her and stuff and show he used to show me the letters but they weren't rude and all. I think he kept them himself. Um but he uh, <laughs> Eventually, after a few months, he um, he asked me to be his best man. He's going to get asked to marry him, come to prison and marry him, and he wanted me to be his best man. Well, obviously I can't, uh, so I had to explain to him I can't, mate. They won't let me. But I'll come. 
I thought, I can come to a wedding and shit like that. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, but I think he got he got his cat here before he got the wedding started out, so it didn't happen in our prison. So, you know, I wished him well when he went, and uh, we shook hands and off he went. Um, but yeah, so if you know some of lads word, he, he come in with a record, you know, like violence to staff and all this shit, and uh, you know, I think I think personally, it's about how you treat people. You know, they come in troublesome. You don't fucking get on. We didn't used to get on the case straight away, like yeah. I mean, I was listening to uh, Darren G the other day, and he said like how the screws used to fuck him about when he got to a new jail and putting him in with scruffy bastards, as he put it. But we didn't do that purposely. It was like. We used to have a chat with him and say, listen, you've been a dickhead in other prisons. This is a fresh start for you, mate. Make the best of it. And some of them did. They, like, took it on board. So I think that's the way to treat the lads who are in jail. Um, I think you give them respect, you get respect back. And it's, that's how it is. Um, so, personally, yeah, that's how we used... That's how I was taught. It's not how I was. It was how I was taught. You know, it's, it's a two-way thing because I've said before, like there was three of us in them days on a wing, but what chance have we got against about against sixty fucking two? It doesn't matter how mad we are and how much we think we're going to fight. We're not going to beat sixty fucking two prisoners. It's not. It's not happening. Um. So. You know, you've got to you've got to walk that line, haven't you? Where and then the thing is. A lot of the lads know, they know your mind, you know how far to go. You know, you can all have a laugh and a joke, but don't be too far because then you cross the line and it's a different story then. You know, things have got to be done. Uh, and I don't mean violence. Well, I suppose it is violence, but it's, you know what I mean? It's not like, threat I'm not threatening you to behave yourself, I'm going to fucking smash your face. It's not like that. Because then you just have your trouble. I mean, two things I'm quite proud of really in um, in my time as a prison officer was that I never got I never got um, rinsed or anything like that um, I did get assaulted but to be fair and I know people say it's not our job we should get but I only got assaulted properly twice um, and that was just like against the white shirt not against me personally so I think, you know, and the second, obviously, I never had a, had a death in custody uh, while I was on shift. Um, fucking close a few times, but never. Um, so, yeah, we had that. And uh, it was later on, um, it, it got, Mike Wing changed a bit then because uh, obviously through space and stuff like that, they had to start doubling up because when I was on there, it was single cells. But later on, um, when I'd moved off the wing, uh, they started having to double up. So that was a bit of a, a pain in the ass. Uh, so like detoxes and rattlers I'd put in together and stuff like that. So it was a bit dodgy. And, and there was like 96 fucking prisoners on the wing then instead of 62. So uh, bless the new micron staff. They dealt with it, and, and and as far as I'm aware, up to 
me going. It was quite under control. I don't think it was as much as we had, and that's not putting them down because we only had 62 prisoners to look after. They got 96, so obviously things are going to happen. I mean, it's like uh, I mentioned before that uh, first time in, in the UK I drew my baton was on Mike Wing when the six lads started scrapping. But um, I only got it out because someone else did. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I got it out because I thought it was going to be a nasty one. <coughs> the thing is, it was ex it was in the morning exercise and meds time, so every fucker was out. So it could have turned nasty, and and there was three of us, so the patterns come out. But um, but once it was Chloe and um, oh god, fucking hell, what's his name? God, I worked with him. That they got stuck into it, and I was just on the outside, like keeping people away. But they were straight in, mate, no problem. Uh, oh god, what's his fucking, he'll kill me now for not remembering his name. Ah, oh fuck, I don't know. And uh, Chloe, she's a manager now, so. But uh, yeah, they got stuck in, no hesitation, straight in, sorted it out. Then everyone piled on, and um, yeah, I think I've told the story about it, so I'm not going to go into it, but yeah. So it, yeah, it still happens on there. Uh, there was, oh god, there's loads of stories on my ring. It's the one that where they got in trouble off Joe for giving someone a job and he was actually a VP who fucking nearly killed a 90 year old woman and robbed her uh, but I just took him as he was and gave him a job and fucking he even sent me the uh, clipping from paper what the fuck <laughs> um, yeah Jason somebody he was called I don't know his name but yeah, they got moved to the um, sex offenders wing. I mean, the VP wing. So yeah, there was um, so many stories. Uh, like the time uh, I don't know if I've told you this is where someone graffitied the wall on my wing, and uh, I went fucking ape shit because I said we was like always one of the cleanest wings in jail because of, of the uh, cleaners and, and others we had on the wing um, and some fucking idiot graffitied the wall so I was like a fucking heap shit and uh, I say about 20 minutes later the cleaners brought this fucking lad down and said he's done it and he went yeah sorry Mark I said right I said get him a fucking bucket I said I'd clean that wall I said I'll come and check it in half an hour, it better be clean. So that was it, off he went and he cleaned himself. And he's another one, he's like, oh, Mark, thanks for that. I thought them lads were going to kick me head in. I said, no, mate, they won't kick you head, but don't forget they're living here that when you go home next month, they've got to stay here, so they want a clean wing. Uh, that was why genius idea getting them on terms on the wing. Nowadays, you've got officers who've got no choice. Any old fucking fool can become a. People give them um, jobs now on the wing that don't even work, not even prison officers, they don't even work the wings. So you got some right numpties who proper just use it as a fucking excuse. You go on another, well, another wing to work, you see these fuckers at the doors all the time, and like, yeah, mate, you're cleaner. Yeah. So we'll get a fucking cleaning then. So bang it up. Uh, but that was like, if you like old school nowadays, you just let them do what they fucking want. Um, that's when I was there, I don't know if it happened now, obviously it might have been gone back to that, but I, c I can't see it either. 
Well, we nearly started criticising someone then when I said I wouldn't. So yeah, it's um, stories like that. Stories people tell me that you just like piss yourself in the in the uh, pissing yourself in bubble. But that that's their stories, not mine. So I'm not going to be a, a life dealer. Um, I can only I'm only going to talk about things I knew when I was involved in not in in a good way uh, I can go on about all the, the bad shit and um, but at the minute I don't want to because I just don't feel ready to talk about that yet because um, uh, yeah, something's triggering me so I don't want to uh, not yet anyway I will do eventually but uh, not yet so yeah, there was just plenty of them, uh, just stuff you do for them lads. It's like, one time we, we was told by the uh, Oscar one on the Saturday it was, it was me and Jade, me and Jade Arbor. We was, um, that was the day we gave loads of, we got loads of fucking prisons on basic for not doing as we told. Um, they told us, we had to make 13 beds because there's 13 prisoners coming from court. I'm like, fuck's sake. But what, all week we've been after new tellies because fucking bastards, yeah. What we used to do, we used to every night before we went home, if we was on the, on the main shift, we'd make sure all the pads were ready for new prisoners coming in. It was just our thing, what we did. We used to always make sure. But what the fucking bastards who were on late used to do, they needed to tell it or something, they'd go fucking right ring and rob it. So, prisoners would come up from reception and we'd have no fucking telly for them, we'd have to go round fucking scrabbling. So, um, and Friday night was the worst. So, Saturday, me and Jade were on and they're like, 13 prisoners coming in from court, you need to get the um, cells ready. Like, Fuck, tellies. So, uh, what we did, we waited till dinner time and we fucking went to the um, recycling and they had, they had a section there that used to repair the television. <coughs> <coughs> so I we, I climbed over and passed 13 tellies over to Jade and fucking... I didn't climb over, no, I just went in. It was no lock on the door in them days. Not on the door, on the gate. So I went in and ro went robbed 13, got a trolley and robbed 13 trolleys, trolleys and run them over. Um, the next week, there's a fucking padlock on the gate on the fucking uh, recycling, the trolley repair bit. So anyway, we got uh, fucking run around like dickheads, got all these pads ready, fucking 13 pads, a lot, trolleys in, bedding, everything in it. Um, and you know how many fucking prisoners come in? Fucking three. After all that, three fucking prisoners. That's the day fucking um, Jade threw a threw a um, clipboard at me because I didn't, I would, I didn't agree with what she was planning. Fucking never again. It just missed me head, mate. It was bad enough fucking dealing with prisoners who were kicking off, but when it's your colleague, it's fucking hell. God, nearly hit me right between the eyes, bless her. <laughs> so I always did as I was told. There, just say, yeah, okay, Jade. She was right in the end, so I was just being a bit of a dick, I suppose. Um, there was a time when I was on, um, I was on shift with Lucy, 
Um, I've probably mentioned this before, but hey um, And this fucking lad was giving a proper shit, like going for her and everything, so I jumped in. Um, we ended up clashing, uh, and uh, yeah, I had a right headache after. And um, this prisoner turned out and he goes, I'm going to get me down on you. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. I felt bad then because obviously he weren't a full shilling. But he still could have hurt Lucy. And in them days, I had this thing about I had to protect the girls. No, wrongly, but I'm just old fashioned, I suppose. Um, and yeah, but a few months later, when we got battens, he actually fucking robbed. I weren't on the wing anymore, I'd gone off. But the, uh, this fucking lad had actually nicked, pulled the baton out of an officer's um, baton holder and was threatening all his staff with it. So I suppose he weren't that much of a. He didn't have that much mental health issues because, uh, yeah. So, yeah, this is. I mean, it's like anything, you can't. Even though I say about lads we work with, you can't 100% trust them because if the opportunity's there, they would take it. Uh, I remember another time when we, we first got bands and uh, I was on Lima Wing and the big fucking guys on there, big like black guys and stuff like that. And I was having some banter with him and he, he said to me, I said, I'll fucking batten you. And he said, you batting me. He said, it's more of a fucking insult than an asshole you fucking have get. And I'm like, good, well, I remember that. Uh, it was only banter. I didn't, I weren't threatening him. Because like I said, it's only the one time I ever got that batting out. And that was that incident on Mike Wink. Um, but this is the kind of banter you should have with prisoners. It's like, however bad they've been and however fucking horrible, it, you just... Try and get on with them because we're all in it together. We've got a white shirt, yeah, we lock the doors, but we've got to work constantly with these people. They're, they're proper, some of them are dodgy, it's like um, Smithy. Lee, oh, he was on uh, Delta Wing, right? He was from Manchester. Uh, me and him, well, we got on again, right? But he was a fucking. I mean, I didn't work on his wing, uh, but he was fucking dodgy shit, man. Um, and, but we used, used to have a laugh and a few times when I'd been cross-deployed it backed me up people started giving me shit Browning uh, Smithy they been backed me up you know, like fucking camper but he'd been on the wing with Big John on Lima wing that's where I knew him from because uh, but when John got shipped out he stayed, he stayed for quite a few years really um, he got his taxi in the other thing and got shipped out or he'd been up to somewhere as usual but uh, he, me and him used to go and he never ever asked me to do anything dodgy for him. Um, oh, apart from could have could have sneak him some stuff that he couldn't have. You know, when he come in reception, he certain stuff he can't have. He was always asking me about that, and I was like, no, I fucking can't, mate, because it's all locked in a, a big red shed anyway. So, and it's in a secure box. So for me to get it, it would have to be opening it somewhere. Oh, fuck off, and he got all your tight bastard fuck you, and he'd go off in a storm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the next time I see him, he's like, I can't hear you. He's just like, he was trying to guilt me, but uh, I've got two fucking lads, me. I know all them tricks. that happening? Uh, but yeah, Smith, and then his brother come in. His brother was still there, actually, when I left. Um, pork and cheese, mate, but you could tell they were like, yeah, 
They're all on Delta Wing, and Delta Wing, like, the trouble was, the tr was, I don't know if it is now, was there's like the Troublesome Wing uh, on Aslock 1. There's always something going on on there, mate. Always, I mean, I worked for there once, and uh, there were all these lads going in the cell all day, and I'm fucking clocking it. And I went up and said, What are you fucking up to, you? What? And he was only making fucking hooch. And I'm like, Oh, Matt, don't say that, we're having a party later. I said, You're fucking not, because I'm going to get it fucking moved. So I, I confiscated and uh, nicked a couple of them. But uh, about a week later, the fucking alarm call and we all fucking piled on the Delta Wing and the same fucking lads and they were all pissed up on top of the wing kicking off because they'd done it again. They'd made the fucking hooch and they'd all got pissed up. But sensible, the sensible prisoners, uh, I'm saying sensible, do you know what I'm saying? The more experienced prisoners, shall we say, if they're having a party and make some hooch, they fucking do it behind the door and only invite a few people. But these fuckers were, were always, and this lad, he was top of, he was on top of the wing and he's like fucking covered in blood and he's like, oh, fuck it. And obviously, dickhead here, negotiating was trying to talk to him. He's like, fucking get away from me, fucking. And he weren't on all the railings, he was still at the top of the wing by the, uh, yeah, upstairs at the top of the wing and like, he's so fucking raging, so pissed. Get too close, he's gonna fucking have us off. So we had to, uh, he had to be seeing hard. Um, and again, I took that personal because I hate that. If, but I wasn't involved officially, I was like, just being a dick really. Thinking that, you know, big I am, thinking I could carve this bow. Because I knew the lad, but he was that pissed, he couldn't even, he couldn't comprehend what was going on. So, um yeah, he got bent up. And as I uh, walked off, I looked at these lads and think, fucking bastards. I knew it was them, because the same lads that had done it the first time. You know, I got a couple of them nicked. What did he get away with it? He just denied it. Well, it weren't mine, it was someone else's. Mark got it wrong. And there's nothing I could do, because there was a few of them himself. Um, and they'd always deny it, it was someone else's. Same as find something in a double pad. They get away with it by blaming each other, so you can't, you know, maddening it's really frustrating sometimes because you know they've done it but you can't do that about it um yeah it's a fucking nightmare that it's all right in a single sock you've got no and a lot of them are keeping it for someone because they're under threat or they're in debt and they're told to mind it you never get the big lads because they're um, they're the ones that get them to hide it but uh same with the drugs everything like that it's always not always, sorry, mostly um, lads, but you know, I, I don't know if I told you the one where um, we caught someone with, no, I can't remember what it was anyway, no, he rang his bell and he said he was under threat and all this, so we got him out of his cell, um, got him down to deception and he um, he told us he had hooch under his bed but they were threatening him to, he was uh, to keep his hooch, so I got it out. Uh, I went up to his pad and got the hooch out. Um, and took the two big bags it was under his bed. So we went, um, I don't know if he'd found out on the hooch or not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not the story. So I was going down, walking down from house lot one to reception. It's like, house lot one's the farthest house block away from reception. No security I was going, sorry. 
with his hooch because um, we have to even though we know it is it's got to be officially tested so for the uh, adjudication it's um, proven it was hooch so uh, I'm walking down and I get, <coughs> get to the reception I'm like what the fuck pissing bag had leaked all down my fucking trousers and it was at night so I couldn't get a new pair um, and I'd finished my shift once I got rid of the suits I'd finished fuck so I'm going out of the prison fucking stinking of hooch all down my fucking trousers you know thinking about it I should have put a prison tracksuit bottom on but it was old time what do you think at old time you want to get out of the fucking jail you don't care so um, I'm driving home and then being like I am, I'm like, fuck, if the police stop me now and come to the window, they're going to smell, they think I'm going to be pissed up and they're going to get me out of the car and I'm going to get drunk drunk driving and fucking car was written and I was shitting it. I don't think I went over the speed limit once on the way home. Even uh, I used to go on the motorway, even on the motorway I was doing six there just in case. I was shitting it that the police had stopped me and smelled the hooch all over me. Uh, they didn't. And I got home. Oh, fucking hell. I, it was like Covid mate, I had to fucking take my trousers off at the door um, and go in with my fucking trousers in my hand luckily I had my boxers on <laughs> no kidding so yeah it was fucking mad mad times mate um, it was you know it was sometimes you'd, the alarms would go and you'd get there and you'd just start laughing because it's so well it's like just being a dick and they just want everyone to come so they can look good in front of everyone and uh, <laughs> it's like a lot of prisoners know that if they're on the railings for over four hours that the nationals are going to come to get them down they have to come then and get them down safely because they've got all this jazzy equipment and you would not believe how many lads would get on that railing and it'd be like three hours, it'd be like, what time is it? And when, you, when you've not been in job long, you don't realise why they keep asking you time. It's come like three o'clock. It's like, oh, so I've been up here like three hours. And I'm like, yeah, you fucking, you love me. And he's like, all right. And then he'd leave it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then he'd go, what time is it? So I'd say like half three, so three and a half hours, yeah? I'm like, yeah, right. And he just jump over. So I said to the manager, I think it was Glenn, Glenn Bagley, I said, what the fuck was all that about? And he said, well, you know, the Nationals come at four hours and we withdraw and the Nationals take over, so... I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. So, uh, any other negotiation after that, I used to take my watch off so they couldn't fucking ask me. Uh, I mean, apart from that big long one I was telling you about and the four-hour one, uh, I don't think I've had... I've done a negotiation where the, the Nationals have come because we managed to talk them down before it got to... And a lot of it was... We're a quick ones, mate. A lot of the time, it's like... The staff used to get them over before we got ready. The few times that I've actually, we've actually been called upstairs, briefed, got all the stuff, the time we got to the wing, we were all fucking done. We got them down. The staff were brilliant at that. Uh, took away a lot of our glory eh? as I've seen negotiating but yeah the uh, yeah the staff at Dubgate were really good at um, being first on scene if you like because usually during training you get first when you get there you know it's a scenario 
<coughs> the first time seeing has been a right twat to him and okay and then we've got to start there and calm him down from first first time seeing uh, it, like yeah the training they go you get there the first time seeing it's like oh this fucking bastard's demanding all kinds of shit told him he can fuck off so we're starting on the bad scene but at Dubgate 99% of the times first time seeing it'd be really good um, you know it should have been no negotiating that deal because a lot of the staff were already there in my opinion um, but yeah it was uh, some of them just did it for a laugh because we had no netting at Dubgate so they couldn't jump on the netting and shit like they do in other jails so uh, it was well oh god all kinds mad mad the, uh, but it's part of the job and to be honest mate it keeps you on your toes and it you know, I'll say it now, it's because you don't know how your day's going to go, it's quite uh, adrenaline, you, you're always at it, you're always like on it, and it's it's knackering, um, but it's the job, and it, to me, that's what I loved about the job, it was always that you, you had to be on your guard and stuff like that, unfortunately it's followed me out in civil life now, because I'm still not in that place where I'm not checking, I mean, I'm on holiday now, but I always sit facing the door with me. I always try to get a back seat and stuff like that, it's mad. Uh, I always double check my locks. Uh, I always rattle my lock before I fucking go anywhere, make sure I've locked it. Even though I know I have, it's just habit. Um, my neighbour said to me about it, why do you keep rattling your door, man? I said, mate, I was a prison officer for a long time and it's just habit. We always have to prove our locks wherever we go, any gate, any door, anything, we have to prove our lock. Um say that one time I didn't and I left the gate open. Um fucking hell mate, I was panicking. Because that's my own, my one and only job is to make sure the doors are locked and I was fucking proper shitting it. Um I thought I was gonna get the sack, fucking everything mate, which quite rightly because I said that's my job. But I actually filled the paperwork in and reported myself for it. Because if I, if I don't, and someone sees it and it gets an investigation and they'll find out eventually it was me because you've got cameras everywhere. So I reported myself, wrote all the incident report out myself, took it up to Oscar 1, uh, and like, fucking hell. Um, but I didn't get suspended. I just got um, disciplined. Uh, <coughs> and uh, yeah I got on a formal written warning for 12 months but yeah it was good and uh, like I said the ADs we had at that time were quite like good with stuff uh, and obviously it was my first time and I was fucking dead nervous um, and it was Kerry Hewitt um, she was good Kerry Hewitt she's another one you'd run through walls for um, and she just said, Matt, just sit down, calm down. Don't worry about it because you're not going to get sacked. So throw whatever you want at This is what I thought. Throw whatever you want me at now as long as I'm not getting sacked with it. Um, and she said, I'm not even going to go through the evidence and show it because you, you admitted it straight away, which is good. If all officers did that, it'd be less hassle. I'm like, well, I said, I knew what I'd done and in my previous job, I used to tell the staff that if you've done something wrong, hold up to it straight away. Because if there's an investigation, 
and you've witnessed something and not reported it, then you're going to be in the shit as well. So I, I always, even when I've done something stupid, like lost my rag, I always go and tell people, look, I've just lost my rag in Breton to it, prison with my water bottle, which I did do once, but that was when I was a bit, my head was a bit fucked. Um, so yeah, I got, a, a, yeah, oh my God, I couldn't wait for that to be over with. Fucking hell. A long year that, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because it happens. I had, I remember it vividly. I'd been to November Wing to get some, I can't remember, some admin stuff, paperwork, but it was fucking loads of it. So, an officer that, I managed to open the gate, but my hands were that full, I didn't want to, I, because he was stood behind me, this officer, and to be fair, you, well, I'm not going to be fair, he should have, I walked off thinking he was going to lock it for me, but he fucking didn't, he walked off, I left it open, um, so, someone come up to me and said, mate, you left the fucking gate open, I'm like, shit, but, that's what we would do with, I personally, if I see a gate left open, I lock it, and then fuck off, and don't say a word, because um, I don't want to get people in trouble, but this fucking idiot, um, he, he didn't mess with me anyway. He, uh, that wasn't, like, because I threatened him enough, he was shit at the job. Um, but yeah, and it's things like that, there's some staff like that who, oh, well, you opened it, so I'm not shutting it. Well, fuck off, man, with a team. And my hands were full, so it wasn't like I did it on purpose, but I left it open. It was my gate. No, that's the real sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, I, um, but yeah, there was key stories like, like when I was on the um, first time in reception, it was, uh, yeah, eye opening. I did nobody realises till they work in reception the fucking job they have to you get in reception. I mean, we was involved in more. CNRs in reception than I was when I was working on the wing and we did quite a few on the wing but you, people don't realise that in reception that you know you're the first people prisoners see so you get these people who they think especially like newish people or kids or kids who've been in YOI before and they come in and they think it's YOI and they think they're going to be a big and they kick off as soon as they come through the door so you've got to you've got to like sort them out mate um, and you don't realise but there's funny things as well happen it's like well it's not funny but it's like that Gary was saying about the one who get a fart I was fucking like the bee's knees so it's, it come back in and it was not long after Jade had been uh, attacked um, so Gary I don't know if Gary was on the wing then or he'd heard about it so he come in and he I, this pre I was dealing with the prisoner when Gary walked through, so Gary was getting dealt with someone else. And this prisoner was giving, being a bit of a dick, but it was like, oh, God. it was funny really, because he was trying to be clever, like telling me how to do my job and shit. And, uh, later on in my career, I would have given him a fucking earful for that, but the, at the time, I was just like, yeah, okay, mate, but whatever you think, this is what's happening. So Gary stood next to his lad and he's like, Right, Matt, you, this, you always said this, this man saved my life. You did save your life, mate, just give you a job, you dick. But, um, yeah, and this prison was giving me shit. So, I'm like being, uh, not very often, isn't it, but being professional, 
with him and just like not actually listening to him just fucking letting him walk along with us and paperwork is protesting um, so he goes to me oh wait Gary goes to me oh I heard about Jade what happened there so I just said oh she got badly assaulted and in Gary's head because this cunt was giving me shit it was this one who assaulted Jade I don't know how he worked that out next thing he fucking launches himself at this lad starts kicking shit out of him so all this, we all run round like fucking hell so I got Gary against the wall like Gary fuck's sake calm down but the thing with Gary is he, I said to you he was alright but he it's time when he set himself on fire and he's run his head against the wall shit like that and proper that damaged himself and, and you could I, I think that six cents you get as a prison officer looking at him and I knew he was going to fucking like he was that raging and I'm like Gary it wasn't him mate for fuck's sake calm down and I was trying to calm him down not as a negotiator mate just as a fucking prison officer uh, and then Oscar Wong come down and we had um, at the time we had oh sorry not at the time do you know what I mean? so whenever there's an incident like that the CNR they have a CNR instructor come as well so they're all all gathered down and I'm like that I'm like honestly just and Gary's fucking proper going and they're discussing what they're gonna do and I could see what was going on because it he was like oh. and I actually just fucking grabbed him and I put him to the floor not roughly and I got him down and I'm like for fuck's sake Gary calm down because they're gonna twist it up mate uh, and then all of a sudden you see it, like a flick of your fingers he changed him like oh shit Mark what have I done he didn't even remember what he'd done he was that fucking wound up and um, so he calmed down and I said come on get up and I got him up so it wasn't like me being the big I am and dropping him I just fucking thought it's safer for him and all of us because if he's in that way it's going to be fucking someone's going to get hurt so I took it on my head again try and calm it down but calm it down in a different way um, and I got him down uh, and he calmed down and, and we put him in a room get him a broom let him calm down for a bit and then um, he was good as gold obviously we didn't let him see that lad again because that lad could have started on him and it could have all pear shaped but um, and then the CNR instructor got on me he says can I have a word back I said yeah of course can we because in my eyes, I'd done that wrong. I'd ca- um, I think he was a bit uh, over the top there, dropping him like that. Uh, I said, mate, I know that lad. He set himself on fire. He's run out for lever at the wall and smashed his head against the wall. When he's in that mood, he doesn't even know what he's fucking doing. I said, so I took responsibility to get him and calm him down, and that's the only way I could calm him down. Well. I said, fuck off, it'll be in the paperwork, mate. I'll do the paperwork, do what you want. I said, but I did my duty of care to that prisoner. And I calmed him, did I calm him down? Did he calm down? And he's like, oh, yeah. I said, well, yeah. So you, you didn't do your little fucking big I am CNR, and did you, and drop him and twist him up and fucking make yourself look good? I said, fuck off. I said, I calmed him down, I'll put it in the paperwork and then do what you got to do, I don't care. Um, never heard nothing about it after that. Because it's true. 
They're fucking coming down like, yeah, go on and twist it up. Yeah, fuck off, mate. You don't have to twist them up all the time. Just fucking grab hold of them and rag them away and talk to them. Um, no need. No need. Um, so, yeah, we did, we did that a lot, mate. I did, anyway. And a lot of people I work with did. Rather than major fucking kick-off, just have a chat with them, mate. I don't mean have a chat where you go in and kick shit out of them. Have a chat. I mean... The good thing was in them days, I mean, I'll say it now, I don't give a shit anymore, but you used to be able to take your cigarettes in. And the biggest thing, that one of my, I think I learnt this off somewhere anyway as well, an older, an older, more experienced officer, go in, get your fags out, give them a fag, say that, yeah, sit down, what the fuck's going on? And they tell you, mostly, I mean, obviously, not 100% tell you, because you don't want to be a grass, but yeah, he tell you, and it just calms it all down, it takes five minutes of your time to calm it all down. Um, I mean, that don't work every time, sometimes you do that and they'll go for you, and you have, you have to go and restrain them. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times it's just have a fuck, yeah, mate, have a one button butler, because I could afford them in them days, can't now, well, I can't, because I get duty free. You know what, I ain't bought a packet of fags since I came back off holiday on the 31st of uh, 17th of May because I keep going away and topping myself up but I've got to wait a few months now before I go again so whoa, I might have to buy some, I don't even know how much they are anymore um, yeah, because I've got to pay for my new teeth so I can't go on holiday for a bit oh, I can't wait to smile again um, so, uh, stuff happening all the time where it's not all prison officers that are fucking bullies who go around kicking shit out of people who, who, like with Dad and G where they wind him up all the time just to get a response of him so they can ship him off. Um, it happens that people come in and they don't give a fuck. They, whatever you do for them, they don't want to know. They'll just kick off. Uh, but at least we can say we give you a chance, mate, and you fucked it up yourself. We did cause it, we didn't treat you like shit. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I think that's why Dubgate had a good thing with the inspectors about prisoner and staff relationship, because even though we were the screws, their words, and they were the prisoners, and a lot a lot of things were still us and them, don't get me wrong, it weren't perfect, but a lot of the prisoners told the inspectors how, how good most of you get on with staff and most staff are all right. I think that changed when a lot of the experienced staff left and, and a lot of youngsters come in and they actually, because when we did training back, well, here we go again, back in the day, the instructors used to even say, listen, this is how we've got to teach you by the book. So when you get in there, just, you know, I've said it before, learn off your, your railroad experience staff because they know the score um, and some of them old staff that taught me are managers now so you know got full respect for them um, I could rattle the names off but there's that many and if I forget one I feel bad so you all know who you are you know you all know the managers if you're listening to this you know who you are and you know I used to think the world of you well I still do um, so um I think that's what we did, um, but 
you know, it's by the book, you're learning stuff by the book. And we all know in life, um, you don't always, you know, it's not, the book isn't always right. But we used to get officers coming in who brought the book in with him and they're like, he was a bit fucking horrible to prison straight away. You know, I'm the big I am, I've got the keys, do as you fucking told. But what they didn't get, some of these prisoners, they're like 40, 50 year old, and these 20 year old kids coming in telling them what to do and they don't like it. So we used to get even the long-termers who would settle down a bit. Oh, look at the time, I'm gonna miss me dinner. Um, who are like, wow, these fucking pissing me off, these fucking. And I used to have to tell them, the, the officers, I'm like, what's he mate, calm the fuck down. And he, the first thing he gets led to is like, you're outnumbered here, mate. If they kick off, you're fucked. Right, I'm going to go for my dinner and I'll be back in a bit.